So I had a challenge for myself. Let's post on social media every single day for 60 days and see what happens. And the results that I got were insane. I built an account to like 40,000 followers. It got shut down. I built another account to like 20,000 followers. It got shut down. No notice, no warning, anything. Just TikTok's like, I don't like this guy. Delete. One post can literally change the entire trajectory of your life, both professionally and personally. All right, we're doing this thing. What's going on? Welcome to episode number one of the Impact Over Income podcast. And I'm super excited to uh, to be recording this episode for you guys because, I mean, let's be honest, the main reason you're here is to learn the takeaways of what happens when you post on a brand new Instagram account or brand new social media accounts over a 60-day period. What's the result? Did stuff go good? Did it go not so good? Um, I'm gonna give you a really quick spoiler here. Um, we did over $100,000 in revenue. Um, so it's pretty insane, honestly, way more than I expected. But I, I think there's a, a few key reasons that we're able to do that. And I honestly think anybody can do this. Anyone can duplicate this as long as they understand like the step-by-step -step process and the different, uh, the different facets that need to be uh, really solid in order to, uh, in order to see, see success um, in a way that I did. So we're gonna go over not only the the starting numbers and the uh, the ending numbers in terms of followers, but also in terms of the uh, you know the cash collected and the revenue. And then I have really four things written out here um, that I do want to go pretty in depth on, and and really explain to you to you guys. So I, I really think because I'm gonna get really tactical in here in some of these takeaways, is I highly recommend grabbing. A sheet of paper or something obviously if you're listening in your car don't do that <laughs> um, because I do think there's gonna be a good amount of stuff in here um, even just sharing with you know people on our team and um, you know some other people that have been doing social media for a long time is they've been able to pull some takeaways from that because I think there's a lot of value in being able to start from scratch and then do it right as opposed to you know if someone's starting with 50,000 followers and then they, you know they start growing it obviously it's a lot easier at that point and the other goal for this whole thing, uh, because at, even at the time of recording this, I haven't told or posted anywhere on like my personal social media, like what the account is called, because I wanted to keep the I wanted to keep the challenge pure. If that makes sense, and I wanted to make sure that uh, there was no outside forces that could come into this to really showcase how possible it is, just with a little bit of consistency and uh, and really believing that this is something that can happen. So. All that being said, if you want to learn more about like what this podcast is going to be overall, I called it Impact Over Income because I just want to showcase and create a show where I teach you guys um, all the ways or all the things that I've learned over the last 16 years of posting on YouTube and social media and things like that. Um, not only how to grow your pages, but how to grow and scale ethically the a business on the back end, right? So doing it in the right way, so you don't feel sleazy or salesy when you're on calls with people. You feel like you're actually making making a difference in people's lives. Um, so I'm gonna do that with you know my own stories and my own teachings. And I also want to uh, go talk to other entrepreneurs that have done the same thing, that have scaled successful companies off of the back of you know followers or just being able to uh, you know use their zone of genius and then doing it in an ethical way to actually change lives. So that being said. You can check out episode zero if you want a little bit more breakdown of what the show is going to be. But let's jump into the uh, the reason all of you guys are here. And I'm going to take a, a real quick of this sparkling water before we jump in. So first things first, let's start about the top, the starting numbers for both platforms. So Instagram, I started at 15 followers. And TikTok, I started at 29. So the reason I didn't start at zero, technically, was because I was about three, four days into creating these new accounts. And I was like, hey, let me just do this challenge. I'm gonna post every day, see what happens. So that's why it's not technically starting at zero, but I didn't wanna say starting at zero when I didn't actually start at zero. So started 15 on Instagram, um, started 29 on TikTok. So we'll cover Instagram first. The current number on, and I wrote down these numbers on day 61 technically, but this is a couple weeks after that. Um, I just haven't had time to, uh, to write out these, or you know, to record these posts. But day 61, which was my current followers, was at uh, 1,015. So it went from 15 to 1,015. So over that 60 day period gained about 1,000 followers. Some people might look at that and they're like, oh, that's not a lot of followers. I have a very specific reason as to why I, I'm glad it didn't go too far over that because we learned a lot in the process. Um, but I am, you know, when I was first starting the series, I was, I was thinking, you know, I, I think like maybe one or two or three of these posts will go viral and I'll get like 10,000 followers and it'll be really cool for the challenge. But I think, I'm glad that it didn't because I, I'm glad I'm able to showcase that we're able to do a pretty considerable amount of revenue and, and, and cash from a, a small, right, relatively small following. 
So 15 to 1,015 in those 60 days on Instagram. Starting on TikTok, we started at 29 followers and then we ended at 129 at the 60 days. Now, here's a, uh, a very interesting thing that happened. Is so we're at 29 to 129, so gain about 100 followers in those 60 days, which if you go back through, I did like daily posts on my, uh, on my Instagram and on uh, my personal Facebook, just breaking down and posting takeaways you know, every single day. And there was a, a period for about six days I'd gotten banned, like the account got taken down, which I'm not new to, <laughs> by the way. I built an account to like 40,000 followers, it got shut down. Built another account to like uh, uh, 20,000 followers, it got shut down. No notice, no warning, anything. Just TikTok's like, I don't like this guy. Delete, and they deleted the account. Uh, so I, no no new uh, thing has happened for me getting uh, deleted or you know banned for those six days. Um, I wasn't able to post, wasn't able to really interact with anything. Um, so. 29 to 129, but the day, literally the day after I had posted on, uh, uh, you know, or the day after it would hit the 60 days, so day 61, is there was a post that I had posted 10 days prior that uh, started going viral. So at the time of recording this, I think it's at like 40,000 views now, but that one video brought the followers from 129 to now we're about 250. Um, and all those followers had came from that one post. So really it's not like anything astronomical, right? It's not a million views or anything like that, but um, hopefully what it's able to do for you is to showcase the possibility and what could happen when just one video uh, pops off, you know what I mean? Or one video does even even relatively better than, uh, than all the other posts. So it's just, again, pretty cool to see. Um, do plan to continue to uh, you know, go pretty hard on TikTok as well. So let's talk about the cash, cash and the revenue. So cash collected in those 60 days was $41,786. So $41,786 with a brand new account. To be honest, we had hit like 20,000 in revenue. I'm sorry, 20,000 in cash collected when we were at like 450, 500 followers. So it's like, even if you had 500 followers, you can still help you know convert those people over if you have the right messaging, if you create the right content, and if you hit the right pain points in the in the content that you're creating. So cash total 41,786, and then revenue total for the for all 60 days was 103,482. So, uh, in my opinion, again, 100,000 followers. If you break that down, that's basically like a uh, 100 bucks per follower. You know. Um, that, you know, per every single follower. Um, now, another interesting note that I put down here over the one, 103 is it was only nine units, right? Because we have a $9,800 product and we sold nine of those, right? So nine times 9,800 is just over or just under um, under 100,000. But we did a couple of uh, Black Friday sales, which we did, uh, we had this promotion where it was our low ticket product that was that's usually 997, broke it down and brought it down to 497. Um, I don't know how many units of that that we did, but whatever 9,800 9, uh, 9, times nine, whatever the difference is between 103,482 minus uh, you know, the total there, that's how many uh, 497 sales that we did. But just from a nine, like nine units of the 9,800 um, with the amount of leads, we only got 300 leads, right? Out of those thousand people that followed, we got about 300 leads, not all of them are followers. But uh, when you really break that down, just interesting statistic, is we had a 3% lead to close ratio, which if you compare to, you know, we run a lot of Facebook ads as well, is our Facebook ads conversion is like 0.6 or 0.7. So that means anyone that opts in with their name, phone number, and email turns into uh, to a sale. With this one, it was 3% of everyone that came through and turns into a sale. Now, you know, that's not saying that we're gonna stay at 3%, um, but you know, if I compare it to my YouTube organic stuff, which is, wasn't a part of this, uh, this challenge, but if I compare it to YouTube organic is, uh, our YouTube organic lead to close is like, I don't know, like 7%. Um, but when you really break it down, it's because the organic audience, like the intent based audience of people that are searching on YouTube, it just makes it to where like they're there to learn and they're there to want to like buy your stuff essentially. You know what I mean? Um, so with this, this, you know, 3% lead to close, I do expect that to go a down, like the percentage once there's more volume, but there was only 300 leads. So the setter, like the DM appointment setter that was in my DMS had a lot more opportunity in there to, yeah, to, to really work all the leads and, and make sure that it was converting, uh, as many as possible. So yeah, I mean, that's, that, that's the full on numbers. I think it's, you know, a couple take takeaways for me that really just bleeds into these, these four things that I want to talk about is, um, I really want you to understand that one post guys like one post can literally change the entire trajectory of your life both professionally 
and personally. It's like, you know, I think a lot of people get in their head where they need to, they need to be perfect or they need to have this sense of like having all their ducks in a row or whatever it is. Um, actually the reason that I, that I'm recording this, this podcast and I'm starting this is, you know, for the longest time I've kind of been in this, uh, this scenario where like, I, I think I know a lot about social media, but you know, I, I need to learn more before I start a podcast or I need to do this before or that or whatever. Um, cause to be honest, I mean, I've spent, I mean, all my time is spent building, uh, you know, our, our brands for, for our business. Um, so I, I can't promise that this is going to be an every, every week type of podcast, but because I was in this, this world of like, Oh, I don't know if I should start like whatever. I realized that. And I was like, well, I basically tell the, like everyone that I talk to that they need to start on social media and me not starting on this plan. I was like, I'm being a massive hypocrite. So when I realized that, I w- it was like two or three days later, I was like, I'm making a podcast, got everything set up for it, starting building on the branding, and that's where this podcast was created. So what I wanna tell you is the re- another reason for this whole challenge is I just wanted to showcase how possible it is for literally anyone with no background, with no experience to create content, go viral, and make money, and really be able to create an income from the impact that you create on other people's lives. So now with all that uh, talked about, right, the followers and the money aspect both on, on both platforms is I have four takeaways for you guys and I'm gonna go pretty in depth with these because I think these are like the foundational, foundational things that you 100% need to have dialed in before you start. Now I'm not saying it needs to be perfect, but I'm saying that these are things that you just wanna at least think about so that you're not wasting time on stuff that doesn't matter. And you're not wasting time creating content that isn't going to work long-term. And I think it's point number two. Yeah, point number two, I think you'll definitely wanna to, to stick around for because I think this is gonna be a huge thing for a lot of people is knowing when to start a brand new account. That might sound kind of weird. You're like, Aaron, I'm not gonna start a new account. I'm already at 10,000 followers. Well, those 10,000 followers could honestly not only be useless, but could be hurting your growth and not giving you the growth that you, that you really should quite frankly be seeing on social media. So stick around for point number two, and I think a lot of people will uh, will get a lot from this. So point number one, and again, this is, I think you need to think about this way, way, way before you really start even creating content, and it's getting clear with your ideal client. And I know you've heard that a lot, but I'm gonna go way deeper than you've probably heard this, and why it's so important to get uh, get clear with your ideal client. So when I say getting clear with your ideal client, you need to understand like what is your long-term goal with your with your page? Like what are you selling specifically? And then a long-term vision of where you see yourself. Now the last one, I mean, I know a lot of people, even myself included, I usually struggle with like coming up with a long-term vision, right? What are you gonna be in the next five years? Dude, I don't even know what I'm gonna be doing next week. <laughs> I have four kids, I have a family. Um, and you know, sometimes it's, it's, it's a, what's the word? It's a whirlwind of, of what could be going on. Um, at the time of recording this, I'm having a baby next week too. So it's like, uh, did I just say four kids? Three kids, the fourth is on the way. It's coming on the 6th of, <laughs> of February. So here's why this stuff is so important, guys, is when you first started creating content, it, what I've done and what I've recommended to a lot of people is do research around what other people are doing in the niche. So for example, if you're a health coach, Go onto TikTok and look at what other health coaches are doing. They're like the writing is on the wall and you can see that people are seeing success doing certain types of content. So don't look at that as like, oh, like I'm just gonna copy them verbatim. No, look at it as like, use it as, as inspiration, understand that it went viral for a reason and then just add your own spin to it, right? So the problem is though, if you don't understand who your ideal client is, and I'll, I'll tell you just directly from, from us, when I was doing this initial research, uh, the, the offer that we sell, it's called the Remote Closing Academy. Um, like I said, it's $9,800. Essentially what we do is we teach people how to, cre- uh, we teach people how to make money online by becoming a remote sales rep. So they are basically a salesperson for a high ticket company um, that we have on the back end as well through our B2B companies. Now when you really like chalk it down to like the simplest aspect of what that is, is we're, we're selling a, pro, a program of making money online, right? So if I use that, I use this, and I'm not saying if, like I use this exact same strategy and I went out and I'm like, okay, what are these other uh, make money online people are doing? And a lot of them, to be honest, uh, was just, um, for lack of a better word, they were just doing it in a very, uh, they were doing it with, with really no integrity. And the reason I say that is they're just making massive 
claims. They're like, here's how you can make $100,000 next month with no work. And it's like, I don't want to do that. But here's the thing is I looked at that as like, oh, this is successful. Let me do the same thing. Now I didn't go as crazy with the claims. I used like examples of what people have been able to do in our program, but it still was just in this, this mode of like, here's how to make money online. Here's how to make money online with no work, like that type of thing. And because I wasn't clear with like the ideal client of who I want to approach, as I was doing that research, all these people that are making this content, right? There are a lot of younger dudes and gals too. Mostly, I feel like the, the space is mostly filled with men. Maybe it's because I'm a guy and that's what the algorithm serves me. But it's just like that's what I was seeing and that's what I was copying. But our ideal client is not, you know, a 17, 18, 19 year old, right? Our ideal client is someone that's like lived through a little bit of pain. <laughs> They've lived through a little bit of struggle. They maybe have a job that they don't like right now. And here's how you can create this income and get yourself out of that and provide more for your family, right? Really from this, like, you know, talking about impact over income is I want to be able to impact those people's lives. And then as a byproduct, we're making money and as a byproduct, they're making money as well, right? So the, the problem and the, the issue that I was facing is we were gaining, I was gaining good traction on the first, you know, 10, 15, 20 posts. And one of them, you know, did, I mean, 10, 15,000 views, but we were just talking to a lot of quote unquote, lower quality people that were not fitting that ideal client. So when we're, when you're talking about your ideal client, understanding the goal and what you're selling, here's what I'll say too. If you're watching this, which there's a good chance that you probably don't fit this uh, demographic because I'm assuming most people that are watching this want to like make money from social media, right? And make money from the impact that they can make on other people's lives. And so that that's one bucket, right? You have, you have two buckets here on one side you have, uh, you know, if you're thinking about or let, let me let me frame this in a little bit different way. When you're on social media, when you do this exercise, what you're doing is you're figuring out what camp you're going to be in. On one side, I feel like is going to be your goal, just gaining a ton of followers, right? Getting a ton of followers in a short amount of time. And on the other side of the fence is going to be building followers, or I'm sorry, on the other side of the fence is, is selling your offer, right? Selling your thing and making money from social media. If you're on the left side in this example, and you're saying, I just want to gain a ton of followers, the content strategy is very different than on the other side, right? The content strategy there literally just post three second videos, um, you know, post, uh, you know, trending audio, post motivational quotes and, and blow it up, right? That's like, that could be the goal. But the thing is, is that type of content a lot of times isn't going to generate buyers, right? Now, if you do it in like a really massive way where you're gaining millions of, of views every post, like from a sheer volume standpoint, you're going to convert people over. But on the other side, you're looking at like the, the, you know, how do I make sales? If you're only creating sales content, you're not going to open yourself up to a new audience. And then you're just at this point where you're making a ton of content. No one's becoming clients because it's not being seen by people. So, that's why it's so important to get clear with your goal because if you just want to gain followers, do this. If you just want to try to make sales, do this. I think the perfect scenario is going to be where you're right in the middle and making like 50% content that opens you up to a new market, 50% content that's actually converting. Now, realistically, that needs to be more of like, you know, the Pareto principle, more 80-20, 80% awareness, 20% conversion. But the awareness should still be within the context of you creating content for your niche. So it shouldn't, it's still, I mean, in my opinion, shouldn't be dancing videos, shouldn't be, which I, I think probably people uh, enjoy. <laughs> it doesn't have to be dancing videos. So um, all that being said, that was like a, a massive, massive turning point for me where I realized that I was creating content that was getting views and getting followers, but it wasn't creating the right audience. So about 40 days into it, what we did was transitioned into, so again, our content is talking about how to create better salespeople or how to create um, everyday people into salespeople, is I was like, well, let me just like transition more into becoming the, the go-to person for sales, right, sales advice, as opposed to this make money online guy. Because the other thing that I was thinking about too is why don't, like, there really isn't a ton of, like, big salespeople in the space other than, you know, you have, like, the Grant Cardones or the, uh, you know, the Jordan Belforts and people like that. But there really isn't, like, any good people that are teaching sales while also teaching how to make that a into a reality for yourself to make money. On the other side of things, it's, like, this other thing of, like, Amazon FBA, dropshipping, affiliate marketing, all the other, like, business opportunity uh, people that are creating content is just very, like, 
just very shallow, right? There was no actual, and as I was creating the videos, I didn't really even feel like I was providing value. So, you know, I think all in all, making the transition was was super, super helpful for me. And I, I realized not only was that, did I feel more ethical by doing it, not, all, not only did I feel like I was actually providing value, but we started getting less leads, but more and higher conversion and just better conversations. And I think that's another unspoken thing that's that that isn't really talked about is there. I believe there's so much value in in quant, uh, quality over quantity, especially when you have a sales team like we do, where my setter was just getting frustrated. He was like, he was in my DMs. He's like, dude, this person doesn't have money. This person doesn't have money. This guy's like 17. He's still in high school, whatever. But like when I made that transition, he's like, dude, every one of these people that I'm talking to, like they have money to invest. They really want to make a change. They want to, you know, create a better life for themselves and their family. Like they're, they're bought in. So it's just bringing it back to the main thing is if I would have changed anything, I would have gotten way more clear with my ideal client. If, um, you know, if, if I wanted to, to, to see success quicker, I definitely would have just gotten clear with that a lot of it sooner and, and, you know, transitioned and, and, and focused in on the sales content first. Now, of course there's, there's still a lot of room to, to test different things, but that's, that's the idea there. So let me, um, hit a little refresher. This is the, the hard part about uh, solo podcasts. I usually, I'm like the interviewer and I can just kind of hang out and ask the questions, but it is what it is. So let's jump into the second thing here. Um, basically going over the analytics that you should know about and what to focus on and what's like actually important. So um, for those of you that are maybe a little bit newer to social media, I mean, if this is across like platforms, but if you didn't know, there's a couple different pieces of engagement uh, or people that they, they can engage with your content. There's comments, there's likes, there's shares, there's saves, and there's um, the last one I think is the most important, which is watch time. So I'm gonna go through and kind of explain uh, why each of these, uh, what each of these means and how to like optimize on them and then how you can make decisions on your next pieces of content based on these things, and also like the hierarchy of these. Now, I'm, I'm just gonna come out and say, I learned this information from like some other people online. I don't think there really is much like merit behind, you know, this one is better than this one, but we can always theorize on which one is gonna be better and look at like, you know, I have a spreadsheet of where I have all my content. I will say there is a, uh, a you know, correlation between a video that, that does exponentially better, better that has more uh, shares, saves, and uh, has better watch time. And we'll, we'll break down all these. So first things first is, uh, so if we had to put these in like a hierarchy, right? I would say at the bottom of the list is likes, then you have comments, then you have uh, saves, then you have shares, and then you have watch time. So that's kind of like going up at the top being watch time, the bottom being likes. So if you get likes on a post, what that's really telling you from like an engagement standpoint is that people like enjoy the content, right? I mean, that's, that's pretty self-explanatory. You don't really have to go too much into that, but they, it's literally like, and maybe they don't even like the content. A lot of times, like maybe they just, you're a person that they've seen a lot and they don't even watch the content. They just like it. Like there's a couple people that I'll see their stuff and I don't even watch the content. I just kind of like habit like, if that's a thing, maybe I just came up with a new term because I want to support them. Right. So that, so likes, I really don't think is, uh, you know, is a huge, a huge, um, thing that you can really optimize on if that makes sense. Um, now comments, however, comments, what that allows you to do and what it allows you to see is it's, it's that next step of like someone actually has to put like thought into it. So when they leave a comment, it, it's starting that conversation. Now I do think that, that obviously Instagram is going to like that a little bit more because you're then engaging with, uh, with that person. And then recently there's been a lot of people that have been doing, and we did it as well, kind of like uh, engagement hacking where you set up uh, an account with ManyChat. I'll maybe go make a video if, if uh, enough people want it. Um, you can make this automation through a company or a, a software called ManyChat, which if people comment a specific word or specific phrase or something in your comments, um, it can automate a message out to them. So you can be really sneaky with this and uh, basically do a CTA, like a call to action in your, in your posts and say, hey, if you want this specific resource, comment, whatever, and then you can automate like a resource going to them, maybe a YouTube video or whatever. But comments, again, it's like, it's showing that this person is actually engaged. Now, these next three, I think are, are definitely more uh, powerful, for lack of a better word, like Instagram deems them as more important for, for posts to actually go viral. And uh, the first of those being um, saves. So the reason saves are important, if, you, if we break it down to like the simplest 
the simplest like way of explaining is all Instagram, really not even Instagram, Instagram, TikTok, like all these social media platforms, all they really care about is people staying on their platform, right? So if your video has a ton of saves and what that's doing is like, you know, in theory, the person is saving that video to come back to it, whether they do or not, that's a different story. I mean, I save stuff all the time and I, I, I go to my save folder sometimes like, oh yeah, I forgot. I, I saved this for that specific reason, but uh, they save it. So what Instagram is looking at that, looking at that as is it is giving the, um, it's like the content is valuable enough for them to want to come back to the app. And Instagram loves when people come back to the app, right? Cause they can keep people on there more. They can serve more ads to them. So again, I've seen a direct correlation with my content with, it does have more saves and it definitely does better. Um, the next one, which I think is, is massive, which then puts, puts it on the next list or the next part of it is, uh, is shares. So back to that whole example, right? If Instagram wants more people on the app shares, what it does is it brings people in, like it's actively bringing people in as opposed to saves. It's like that person is telling themselves that they want to come back. This is like, oh, they're bringing people to the platform. So if that piece of content is bringing more people to the platform, Instagram is going to show it to more people because they want more people to share it and create this like web effect, right? Cause if one person shares it to three people and those three people share it to three people and those, you know, whatever that math is, right? I'm not even gonna try <laughs> Then it becomes this web of all these people just flooding the platform, which of course uh, Instagram likes. And then the most important on the top is going to be watch time. This is the most important because again, if you think back to the, the, the basic, basic uh, of what these platforms want is they want people to be on their platform for as long as humanly possible because they can serve them more ads, get in front of more people. So with the watch time is if you can optimize on the watch time, which means, I mean, as a byproduct is you're going to have people, you know, more followers, more, more engagement because Instagram is pushing it to more people. But this is like the telltale sign of you having good content. Cause if you create like, let's say a 10 minute video, and, or not 10 minutes, but you know, let's say you make a, a one minute video and they watch it for 10 seconds. That's only 10% uh, watch time right on that video. Now there's watch time, average view duration, kind of a little bit different, but really what this is, the, what this is, is uh, watch time broken down into replays into retention. So retention is how long are they watching your video? And then replays is how many times are they replaying your video? Cause the more that they replay, the longer they're staying on the platform, the longer they stay on the, staying on the platform, the more you're going to be rewarded for this. So I'm going to make a lot of other videos that goes over watch time. Cause I have a lot of data um, behind this. Uh, what I like to call it is like uh, retention uh, hacking or not even hacking, just like more retention uh, optimization. We'll call it because I found like at the very beginning of this whole, of this whole series is I was only able to keep, like if I made a minute long video, I was really only able to keep people's attention for like nine seconds. Now on average of a one minute video, I can keep them on the video for like 25, 30, sometimes 35 seconds, which is like, in my opinion is pretty massive, but it's only because I've learned what's important to people and why, like how to get them to stick around. And again, it's kind of a long process, but I don't want you to leave you on a cliffhanger is very, it's, it's easy, right? It's number one to creating a really good hook. What is like going to keep them engaged enough in the first three seconds to want to watch the rest of the video. And then what you're doing is you're baking in, in the script, you're baking in subtle different things that are, that make them want to continue to watch longer. So for example, if I'm saying, you know, if I'm saying here are the best three tips to help you explode on Instagram this year on the screen, what I'm going to do every time I get to a new tip, I'm going to show all three things on screen, but I'm going to uh, like basically blur out number two and number three or number, you know, then when I first say at the beginning, I'm going to blur out everything so they can't see it. So now their brain is like, okay, I see the three things there and he's telling me three things, but I can't see any of them. I need to figure out what it is. So then, you know, we go to number one. It's like, number one is this and it reveals it. And we still bring the three up on, um, on the screen reveals the first one. That's another mental cue for the person that there's still two more that are there. They're blurred out. And, um, you know, they're, they still want to see what those are really quick tip or hack. If you're doing three, you always want to give your best tip first. And I know that's very, um, that's very opposite of what people say on like Instagram, I'm sorry, on like, uh, YouTube because they're like, Oh, make sure to stay to the end because of this. But what happens if you give a really bad tip as your first tip, what's going to happen is they already assume number two and number three to be bad. So when you can deliver the best up front, they're like, oh snap, that was massive. I need to stay around for number two and number three. 
So that's just a, a really quick uh, masterclass, if you will, of um, you know retention. But there's so many other strategies and, and ways that you can improve on that. So here's what I was talking about earlier. How do you know and should you create a new account? Should you create a new uh, Instagram account, TikTok account, whatever it is? And I would say, I would be you know confident to say that 80 to 90% of people that are watching this video or that, that are listening to this podcast need to start a new account. And here's why. When you think about, and really this brings us to, to, to point number one, right? Getting and understanding your ideal client. So let's say you know you have a real estate business and let's say you've had your account or really any business for that matter. Let's say you have an account that you've had your personal account for five years, right? Or 10 years or whatever. You've constantly been posting content and you know putting your stuff out there and whatever. Especially if it's a personal account, what's gonna happen is let's say you use your current account. All this goes back to watch time and engagement is let's say you're a real estate agent, you've had your account for a long time and you make a video of like, here are the three tips of how to buy and sell. What's happening is, let's say you had 10,000 followers, Instagram is gonna send that video out to 10,000 people, or I'm, I'm sorry, it's gonna send it out to an initial batch of people that are your followers. Now, if you've had your account for a long time and number one, people don't really like follow you for that stuff anymore, number two, it's like your family so they don't really care, number three, it's like past buyers that are following your stuff or you know, past sellers or whatever, they're just not in that, in that, um, in that part of their life. What happens, is Instagram is gonna send it to that group of people. If those group of people don't care about your content, it's not going to push it to the next group of people, which is going to allow you to get in front of a new audience, which is where you get new followers from. So the bottleneck that I see a lot of people in is they get really frustrated. Is they're like, oh my gosh, like I'm posting this content, I feel like it's really good, but I'm just not seeing the traction that I want. So actually a little bit of a, a, an actual thing, actionable thing that you can do if um, and I'm not, I can't show, showcase this on here because um, um, my my phone doesn't like do screen recording. It's really weird. But um, what you can do is you can go to your Instagram app. I'm gonna try to like talk you through it if you're on the video version, or I guess both video and audio. Is go to a post. So I don't know how well you guys can see this. Let me switch to my um. Here we go. So this is like my own personal. Actually no. Let me give you let me give you direct. Uh, I'll give you a direct example from one of our accounts. So for example, let's say I go to one of these videos that didn't really do that well because it's on, it's against the wrong um, audience. So for example, this video, perfect. So it's a little bit different, 130,000 followers, which actually this could even uh, really bring it down more, or you know, really, really uh, explain this, this concept more, is if you go to insights, right? So you click a post, um, so let me just show you guys really quickly. So this is the post right here, right at the bottom, I don't know if it's gonna focus, but at the bottom right over here, there's a little button that says View Insights. So you're gonna click View Insights. It's gonna bring up this little thing here. And then you're going to go down to that spot there where it says, ugh, it's not focusing. Come on. It's not gonna, it's not gonna do it for me. So anyway, the, um, the reach, what it says here, is it reached 1,458 people. Followers, it reached 1,258 non-followers only 200. Now this might not be the best example actually because there's some like really extreme examples where I've seen that it only goes out to the current followers and doesn't test it with a brand new audience. And that's where people get uh, messed up with because what happens is, let me see if I can see here. Yeah, so this video is like a minute long. Average view uh, duration, or sorry, average watch time is only four seconds. And the reason is because that specific account was not originally built in the audience, like keeping the audience in mind. So I know that's kind of confusing and, and I would, like if you're on the video version, it might make a little bit more sense. But the, the problem that people run into is your content might not even be that bad. Like I'm sure you know you can obviously improve upon it, but if you're not giving yourself, if you're not giving yourself enough uh, data or enough like actual good feedback of if the video is good or not, then you are not going to be able to, uh, to really grow and see the success with your content and they're just gonna get burnt out. So here's a test that I would do, is I want you to go on your Instagram, I want you to post something that you feel like would be really, really valuable for your, for your, uh, for your ideal client or the people that are on, um, you know, on your Instagram. And then I want you to look at, 24 hours later, you wanna look at your average view duration and you wanna look at the, the, the reach of the post. 
if the average, so, and you would look at the average view duration first, for example, if it's a minute long video, um, you would want to look and see what is the average view duration. And then you would want to see, uh, the, the amount of people that it was reached that, that it actually went out to, because if your post doesn't go viral, the reason is because it's only sending it to your current followers, right? It's only sending it to your current uh, followers. And if those followers are not, they do not like your content and make the average view duration low, then you are literally shooting yourself in the foot and you're never going to grow past a specific point because the followers that are following your stuff are not into your content. So that was a very long way of saying it. And, and so if you look at that data and it's not getting sent out to a new audience and you find that happening on every single one, I would just say start a new account. And when I tell you, um, and I can give you just another direct example is, uh, for example, there was a post that I did on my new account, which did like 17,000 views. So I was like, let me, let me really look at this. I posted the exact same one on this account that has 132,000 followers, which you would think, oh, more followers equals more engagement, whatever. I had, I think a thousand views on the old account, 12, 14,000 views on the new account. One of them at the time that account had 300 followers. This account has 132,000. So really, I hope that that really bakes in the fact that, um, cause I think the, the argument and the reason that people don't create their new, uh, a new account is because is because like, they're like, Aaron, I have a ton of followers and you know, I don't want to lose those followers. It's like, listen, those followers don't care about you. <laughs> it just is what it is. So I would much rather, and why I did this series in the first place is I would much rather know and give my content a fair shake as opposed to posting content for audience that doesn't really even care about me that probably forgot about me because I made this account my, or I made my personal account, for example, um, back in 2011. So it's like, obviously the people that at first, like they probably don't even recognize me <laughs> at this point. These are people that I went to school with like a really long time ago. So, um, that being said, if, if you're watching the you know podcast version or whatever, um, down below, I actually draw, I'm going to make a new Instagram account and it's going to be all around like social media content, how to build kind of like off the back of, of this podcast and YouTube channel. Um, I'm calling it Aaron makes content and I'm starting it from scratch because I, I it would be stupid for me to post knowing what I know now, it would be stupid for me to post to my 7,000, 8,000 followers, as opposed to just like creating it new, posting it on my social because I know that audience would be interested in it. And then only moving over people that are, that are actively interested in the content, giving my content an actual test and then, and then building it from there. So hopefully that makes sense. I know those are like kind of a lot, but, um, but anyway, so let's jump into the next, uh, next point here. Point number three. Now this one, I'm going to say this thing. Don't click off because I know you're going to be like, Aaron, that just sounds really obvious, whatever, but I'm gonna tell you guys some stories behind this. So number three is consistency is massive. And in my opinion, it's necessary. And it's really, it's necessary for, for two reasons. Number one is you have this thing called, uh, I don't know if, I don't think I made this up, but, um, it's just, it makes sense to me like a term is compounded learning. So uh, I got like an analogy from, uh, from Alex Ramosi. I saw like a reel or something from him. He was talking about, um, the idea of how, how much more you can learn when you're more consistent. And I know it's obvious, but just hear me out. So he, the, the example that he gave was, let's say you had two people and uh, one person was, and they're trying to get better at cold calling and, and setting more appointments and, and doing more deals. They had one person that would cold call for an hour a day and another person that would cold call for six hours a day. And he would say, you know, obviously the one with six hours a day is going to, uh, it's going to increase better than the person that's doing it for, for one hour or two hours a day. Now, it's not linear though, in the sense of with that example, right? One person, six hours, one person, two hours is with the math alone. You would say, okay, this person is doing three times more work, right? In those six hours, or I'm sorry, two, four, six. So two hours versus six is that you'd say, okay, that person is doing three times more work than, you know, from the two to six. But what's, what you're forgetting is the compounded learning that happens in that process. So for example, the next day, you know, person number two is going to have calls or after uh, day number two, person number two is going to be doing this for 12 hours and the other person is four. 
But because he's doing more dials, because he's handling more objections, because he's talking to more people, what he's doing is he's learning the scripts that are better and the scripts that actually work and how to handle specific objections. So that by the time he gets to day number three is he already knows how to handle all of the objections. He knows how to handle the no's. He knows how to handle rejection. He knows how to do X, Y, and Z. And this person still might be fumbling through the script, right? Because they've only put in, in, in that example, four hours of work. So, you know, if I had to relate this directly back to content is like, let's say, um, cause I've learned so much stuff in the last 60 days of like, I have a very clear plan of how I can get to 50,000, if not more followers in, in 2024. Um, it's like, it, it's, it's like a decision in my mind that I've made because I know the steps I need to need to get there. Um, so for example, let's say we look at like a week of content posting and let's say that again, just for this compounding learning example is let's say in order to fully, uh, in order to fully like optimize on a specific type of content or I'm sorry, a, a piece of content that works, let's say it takes three days, right? So let's say you're comparing someone like, let's say me, let's say I post every single day once, at least once a day. And then you have someone else that posts three times a week. So if we're taking that, that idea of, okay, in order to optimize on a piece of content to make sure that it works is it, it takes three days. So if you look at three days, every three days in my cycle is I'm going to be able to optimize 2.3 times, right? In, in, in a single week with another person, they're only able to optimize one time in a week because they're posting three times in, you know, in a seven day period. So, by the time I'm done with week one, I've already figured out what doesn't work, what has worked, and then optimized and made a better version of that, as opposed to another person using an entire week to just figure out the first format. So if we look at that over a year, I'm sorry, over a um, over a month, is now you know in that period, let's call it 30 days, right? Uh, so in a 30-day period, is person number one that only posts three times a week is they're only getting four cycles, right? Week one, they do three, they learn a little bit, they go into the next one, implement. So they're only able to do four cycles. Me with posting every single day, right? Over a 30 day period. So you would take the 30 divided by um, three, right? So that's 10. So I'm able to optimize more than two times, right? So it's it's like four and some change because you know, every three days, uh, or I'm sorry, it would be, yeah, every three days, I'm trying to do this math in my head. So it's like 30 days, I'm optimizing every three posts and that equals 10, 10 optimizations in that, in that time, in a, in a, uh, in a month, as opposed to the other person that only has four. So again, I'm optimizing more on that, but it's, again, it's that compounding effect of in numbers, it's four times, but you would now imagine that after the first or second or third cycle, I've now been able to figure out exactly what works. So the rest of my time is fully optimized time. And, um, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to win essentially <laughs> if, if we're comparing one time a day versus three times a week. Um, so the other reason that I believe this is really important, I, I'm, I apologize that that was confusing as I was explaining it. I was like, this, this is either going to go over people's heads or they're going to understand and it's going to be, it's going to be super cool. Um, okay. So the other reason is you're always going to gain more followers when you post. Now, this is again, directly from my own data. I'm not just pulling this out of my butt. Um, throughout the 60 day challenge, there was two days that I didn't post on my Instagram. Now you might be saying, well, Aaron, that, that means that you didn't do the challenge. Well, I, I found a little loophole in the system of my own challenge. And again, this was just a challenge for myself. So I wasn't like, if someone said like, oh, that doesn't count. I don't give, I don't, I don't care. Uh, cause it was my own like personal challenge, but to keep myself in the posting everyday mindset is, and the only reason I did is because, uh, we were traveling for, for a company event. And it was, you know, going to and uh, and leaving. I just had, didn't have the time to uh, to record the content I needed to. Um, so what I did was I posted uh, like a, a recap on my Facebook just of like what I've been learning. So then it sufficed of like I posted on that day on social media. Wasn't on my Instagram account, but hey, we're 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 doing what we need to 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 get to get the challenge done. So what happened is so about. 15 to 20 days in, I was averaging about 20 to 30 new followers a day. Sometimes a post would do better. I would get like 70 or 80 on the two days that I posted again, averaging on every other day, anywhere from 20 to 60 followers every single day on the two posts or the two days that I didn't post the first day I gained four followers again, average 20 to 60. I gained four. 
The second, the second time that I didn't post, I gained like seven. So if you compare 20 to 40 to four and seven, you can see that I haven't gained a, uh, you know, a ton of followers in that time. Now also being, you know, two to three weeks later, I've still, you know, still posted about three to four times a week. Um, I, I do want to get back to the one a day, but I, to be honest, I, I did post a lot in that, that amount of time and we just had a lot of other projects that came up. So, um, haven't been able to get back to that, that posting schedule, but I just haven't grown as much as, um, as much as I've, I've wanted to. So, um, going into February, I do have much more of a plan. I've already, uh, stockpiled a ton of content to be able to have, uh, really two to three weeks of content done and edited so that when I do come back, right. And start posting, it'll be an everyday thing. And I won't have to worry about what I was doing, you know, during the whole challenge is I would record two or three videos, editor, editor would record those while he was editing those, I would record more. And it was just back and forth thing. Cause I was constantly learning, constantly optimizing on the watch time and, uh, and learning a lot in that process. But really, hopefully that, that data point shows you that like when you are consistent and when you post more and when you, you, you're just constantly showing up for people is, it's going to help you out a ton, right? It's, it's going to be massive for, for your growth. So um, hopefully that's, um, that really drives point, uh, drives home the point of, uh, of consistency. And, uh, yeah, so that's, that's number three. Number four, um, the last thing that I'll talk about is, um, is a cheat code that I've, that I found through the whole process. And I, I really knew that this was going to happen. Um, but a really massive cheat code in this entire thing is understanding sales. And this is like, I, I, I won't be promoting, uh, like, honestly, I don't even have an offer around this. Um, we have our, our B2B company, which focuses more on like ads and stuff, not really uh, organic social media. So they're really, like, I can't even sell you something if I wanted to, but I do recommend to really dive into sales and understanding sales as best as possible. Um, during this whole journey, um, I've, uh, I think I mentioned it earlier too, I've spent a lot of money on coaching and courses and group programs and things like that. And just being in these programs and interacting with people is number one, jumping on with the salespeople that like try to bring me into these programs. They were all pretty, uh, not that great <laughs> and uh, no hate against anyone. It just kind of is what it is. I do sales for a living. So it's like, I, I'm always like, I'm always, uh, uh, you know, judging them a little bit and, and seeing what they, you know, how they do it. But the people that were trying to bring me in were not that great. It just is what it is. So I knew that like I was, I, I'm a really easy sale, but seeing like how they, they, I was thinking, I was like, if, if they were to operate this phone call with like literally anybody else, like they're not like, no one's buying this thing. Like it's, it's, it's rough. And then being in the program, uh, you know, interacting with the other people in there as well is everyone is just not like, it's not that they're not good at sales. I think that they just don't understand how important it is. So you watching this, you, you have that upper hand of understanding that like sales is so freaking important in this process. Because if you can't sell people on your idea, you can have a million followers. Heck, I know I've talked to a lot of people. They have two, three, four, five hundred thousand followers, and they're barely cracking, you know, ten grand a month. And it's like, dude, we broke ten grand a month with like two hundred followers. <laughs> you know what I mean? And the only reason we've been able to do that, again, the cheat code is is sales, right? Being able to not only create the good content, but also being able to create content that converts people into DMs. And then I get in the DMs, have conversations with them, figuring out what, what their pain is, what their desire is, why they haven't been able to achieve their goal, what their like really long-term vision and goals are, and then pitch them on a sales call where, um, you know, at that point I, I wasn't doing a lot of my own sales calls just because we have a sales team and, um, it just, it didn't make a ton of sense with the, the amount of time I did personally on jump on with two of them and I close, I closed both of them. Um, which I mean, another like cheat code, if we're talking about cheat codes is, uh, is having a personal brand. Like those conversations were so freaking easy is because they were already sold by the time they got on as they'd seen enough content. They were indoctrinated enough, enough to uh, little sales hack for your little sales, uh, masterclass, um, quick one is you need to make two sales in every product, or I'm sorry, two sales in every sales call, it's the sale on the method and the sale on the product. What that means is when, let's say you're selling uh, an organic content course, Right. And they need to understand that the method of generating or, or generating sales through organic content is the only way to do it or the most optimized way to do it. Right. They need to understand the method and they need to understand the product, which is your course. You have X amount of group calls, one on one coaching, whatever. The problem that a lot of people try to do and optimize on is selling the product 
when a lot of times they don't need to really be sold on the product more than they do the, do the method, right? The method is where they need to be sold more, in my opinion, than the product itself because if they're sold on the method and you position yourself as the way to utilize and to and capitalize on that method, then they're going to buy your product, right? So little, little sales masterclass. But um, so really just understanding sales and having those genuine conversations with people and because you're, oh, back to the point is, your organic, organic content is automatically, they're already gonna be sold on the method, right? They're being sold on the method before they jump in in the conversation with you. So the hardest sale is, is already done. You just gotta sell them on like why you're the best fit for them and why your thing is gonna be the fastest and most efficient way to help them achieve, the, achieve their end goal, which how you do that is through asking skilled questions on a sales call. How, the way you ask that is through Socratic dialogue. Socratic dialogue is being able to ask questions from them, get them to create a consistency bias within themselves so that by the end of the call, I'm just, yeah, I'm just kind of throwing out a bunch of uh, <laughs> sales, sales, uh, sales points at this point. But it's really just, again, understanding that you have a product, you can sell it to them, but I think just being intentional that creating content is just the beginning of the game, and there's so much more after that in terms of bringing them in and also fulfilling on that, which is going to be, you know, allow you to bring you to the title of this podcast, which is creating income from creating impact and keeping impact over income. So that being said, guys, that's gonna do it for episode number one of the podcast. I mentioned it towards the beginning, is I, I do know I want to keep a consistent schedule. I want to say that I'm going to be able to do once a week, but because all my time is being spent on, uh, you know, building up our, our other brands is I just don't know how possible it is. Um, so I might, you know, do maybe start off like by, by weekly, um, every other week, but, uh, we'll see if you want to keep up to date with all that stuff, obviously subscribe on YouTube. Um, leave a, uh, leave a like, leave a comment, what you thought down below. Um, also follow on your favorite podcast app. So this is going out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and I believe Google Podcasts, but I think that's like getting taken up by you know some other platform. Um, and then down in the description below as well is gonna be the YouTube channel if you're watching on the podcast version. And then my other uh, Instagram, Aaron Makes Content, at Eric Aaron Makes Content. I'm gonna be posting a lot of short form stuff over there of just what I'm learning overall when it comes to the social media stuff. Not only from building this brand as I'm starting it, but also just continuing to build these other secondary brands that are basically started from scratch. Our YouTube channel has 35,000 subscribers, which I want to talk about how we're able to really build that, do like $300,000 a month from organic YouTube, which is, um, again, a whole other uh, tangent that I can, I can go down. But again, if you want to learn all about that and really dive into fully, fully understanding social media from someone that has done it, has built, built my own platforms over and over and over again. And it wasn't just luck from doing it one time. Make sure to follow along here on the Impact Over Income podcast. We'll see you guys from, uh, yeah, Aaron here. See you guys in the next episode. Talk soon. Peace.